The Guardian. Hi, I'm Jenny Colgan, and you're listening to The Guardian Children's Books Podcast. Hi, Jenny, I'm Patrick, and I'll be asking you a few questions. What was it like making the temporary bridge between romantic comedies to a science fiction Doctor Who novel? Well, I don't like to think... I mean, you can think in genre if you like, but, as, you know, I really just think of myself as a storyteller, so it was really just a story with slightly more uh, violence and slightly less kissing. But, um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. In research for Dark Horizons, did you meet Matt Smith himself? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> no. Do you know, it's the weirdest thing, because I've written... This is my 16th novel now, and... Obviously, normally characters come out of my head, and because this, I was writing somebody who exists, who has a physical existence in real life. And every time I see a photograph of him now, or I see him on television, I get a real jump because <laughs> I feel like he's mine and he's imaginary, and uh, he shouldn't be there. So no, I haven't met him, but I hope I've done him justice. Would you write an episode for the show, Doctor Who, if you had a chance? Oh, goodness, I don't know anybody that wouldn't say yes to that. <laughs> yes, of course. Actually, I think there should be more female writers writing for the Doctor. I think it is quite a boys' um, club at the moment. The more girls they can get in, the better. For this book, you're called J.T. Colgan, not Jenny Colgan. Why? Uh, I'm Jenny Colgan with one publisher, and I'm J.T. Colgan with another publisher, just in case people that read uh, my uh, books with recipes in them got confused. And you would think, well, how could you possibly get confused? There's a TARDIS on it, but that's just how it has to be. I don't actually, J.T., I don't have a middle name, and they'd suggested using the two initials thing, because that's quite traditional with J.K. Rowling and so on. And uh, so I had to make one up quite quickly, so it's TARDIS. (laughs) Being gender neutral wasn't terribly necessary to us because um, there is already a kind of built-in audience for who which tends to be male and actually if we're trying to reach out to get more female readers then uh, keeping with my original name would be better. So we were really just following a trope uh, rather than, in fact the best-selling Who book of all time was written by a girl. Are you a fan of the classic series? Yes and no, I'm a fan. I came in, I started with Tom Baker was my doctor when I was very little and I loved it, I loved him, and then Peter Davidson, and I just thought he was brilliant, and I really enjoyed that. And then I fell off after, and then with the, and <laughs> I am so ancient, right, that you couldn't watch old videos or old DVDs of old episodes when I was younger, they just didn't exist. So you had to read the novelis- novelizations. So I read pretty much every single episode. So often, I can't remember if I've seen a classic Who serial or if I've just read it. And then I wobbled out when the Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy thing, that didn't really work for me. And then I came back for Paul McGann and was slightly let down. And then the new Who started and I loved it pretty much straight off. I read in an interview that the original plan for what would become Dark Horizons was that it would be a Mount Everest story with Sir Edmund Hillary. This was then changed to a Viking era story with Lewis Chessman. What did you like about the Chessman that you thought could be used in a Doctor Who plot? Yeah, we couldn't, for various reasons, notably living descendants, although I love the idea that the mystery of Edmund Hillary could be something that the Doctor could solve. And another thing that's nice that you can do in novels, which you can't do on screen, is to make things very, very expensive. So if you were to shoot uh, Viking longships going on fire and the TARDIS in the water, that would cost a fortune. But if you're writing in a book, it doesn't cost anything. And that also appealed about the mountain idea, to shoot on the top, you know, up a mountain. It's horrifically difficult, but to write about it, it's cool. However, we didn't do that. And the chessmen, I've always loved it. Most people like the chessmen, actually. 
Um, I've just been to see Brave, and they've got they've got um, copies of them in that as well. But I'd been in the National Museum in Edinburgh when uh, they just reopened, and they've got quite a lot of them. There are quite a lot of them. It's not just one set; it's a couple of sets. So there's some in London, there's some up here. And they had that, which I thought was I love the carvings. I love how human they are and how much personality they have. But also they had a flint, just a piece of grey flint, or slate rather, slate, and with chalk on it, and someone's drawn on it with another piece of stone. And what they've drawn is just a, a, the outline of a big long boat. That's it, that's all you can see. And I was really struck by this. They don't know who did it and they don't know why. And I like the, for me, it was the idea that maybe a young boy was drawing a ship coming to the, to the islands where you're so isolated. And he was just drawing what he saw, but of course adults would realise that it was a terrible thing, that it was Vikings, that awful things were about to happen. And for me, that was really what kicked the book off. It was such a stirring thing to think. And weirdly, I've been back to the National Museum in, up here in Edinburgh, and I've been to the British Museum in London, and I've never seen it again. And I've asked everybody about it, and nobody's ever seen it. So, How much research did you do? I did a bit. I didn't do uh, masses, because there were various things that I wanted involved in the story. So I wanted the chess set, I wanted the Vikings, and I wanted quite a lot of Norse mythology. So if you were going to get a very, and it's set round about the 12th century, I would say a very strict um, student of the era could come in and say, well, Christianity had really hit Scotland by then. But for me, I was more excited by the idea of Vikings rather than it being a history lesson. Did you go to Uig where the chessmen were found? No, I haven't. Actually, I've never been to Lewis, but I'm going uh, this year. I'm going up to Stornoway this year, so I'm really looking forward to that. The new companion, Jenna Louise Coleman, is going to be introduced in the new Christmas special, and if she hadn't been cast, who would you have cast or brought back? Oh, that's a good question. I was really upset when they announced the new companion. She was called Jenna Coleman. I was like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Clearly, they mean Jenny Colgan. It's just too close. I, th- I trust their casting. They've made very few casting decisions I haven't liked. I, I thought Billy Piper was going to be awful, and she was awesomely good. I wasn't sure about Catherine Tate, and I thought she was brilliant. I've liked everyone. I tell you what, I would have. I'd, I'd have a, a man, I think. Uh, not just a kind of oh, the men have been a bit Rory's a bit pathetic Mikey Mickey was a bit rubbish and have a you know a good um, kind of you know fighty man I think that would be an interesting dynamic and also in Peter Davison era who they had um, a double crossing companion they had someone inside the TARDIS trying to subvert and I thought that was so interesting and would be very interesting to see. How did you change your writing style for this book? I have a clear style anyway, so I'm not difficult to read, and, and lots of teenagers, teenage girls read my other work. But what was interesting was having to write within a very tightly constrained set of guidelines. There's very little you can do to deviate from the, 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 the universe, I don't like that term, but the universe as it is referred to in the book, uh, sorry, in the world, and there's about a million people out there who will give you into serious trouble if you get it wrong, but particularly the editors and the people that work for the BBC. So that was quite interesting, the amount of things. There was just a lot of things I couldn't do. Even silly things like at one point the doctor has to jump into the sea to save some people and kind of not even thinking about it, I wrote, he kicked off his shoes and trousers. And it came back from the BBC with a very stern note and it saying, the doctor does not remove his trousers. And <laughs> it never occurred to me that you're not allowed to take off his trousers, but you're not. So that made it interesting in terms of that there was quite a lot of things to say. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.